What I want to talk to you today about is the fact finding your voice is a path to freedom. Ernest Holmes says that freedom is like we are all seeking self-expression because freedom is our divine inheritance. You are an unrepeatable, unique spark of the divine. Nobody else like you on this planet never has been, never will be. You have come here with so many unique talents and gifts that only you can deliver the way that you came to deliver them. So how come you're not? I'm asking that question because so many of us, we're living a very interesting time, don't you think? Mm-hmm. It's like division and families aren't talking to each other and people are, are like condemning and judging and doing all of this stuff. I guess we have forgotten interconnection and I guess we have forgotten that every voice matters, every heart Every expressive nature matters. For me, finding your voice is about awakening, becoming aware. I have been on this planet for seven decades, and I'm saying that to you, and there's a part back here going, who said that? Because I feel young, I feel vital, I feel excited, I'm enjoying my life, I'm doing all the things I love. You know, these principles work, I mean, these principles saved my life, as a matter of fact. And, you know, I am living the life that I manifested through being in alignment and attuned with the divine. I'm not an exception. I'm just an example. And I think that's why I love speaking so much, because I get to be on platforms where I get to tell people, do you know how fantastic you are? Do you know how spectacular you are? You know, and that you have everything you need within you to create this extraordinary life. So, it's interesting that I'm up here, you know. um, I just released my fifth book and my eighth album. And um, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And this last book is called Does My Voice Matter? And I wrote it because every decade of my life, there were a lot of things happening culturally, and I was responding and behaving, reacting to that, those cultural things. So what I want you to know is whether you're thinking about it or not, you are responding to what's happening in our cultures. And the, the question becomes, how are you responding? How are you reacting Are you stepping boldly out to bring your true self or are you pulling back your energy because it's too scary out there? And either is fine, except what I want you to know is if you are not bringing your full self, you are depriving someone, something, someplace that needs your energy, your light, your love. So today, I want to tell you three things that I've learned in in these decades. The first one is that challenges are portals of transformation. You don't always know that when you're in it, because it doesn't feel good. 
But when I was a teenager, two things happened in a period of two weeks that began some kind of thinking mechanism that was a shift for me. I mean, I grew up in a crazy family, and, and there was a lot of trauma, and my, father, my biological father was an alcoholic. My stepfather was a pedophile, and you know, abuse and trauma had gone through generations of people in my family. And so the whole concept was keep your head down, stay out of trouble, but I had a loud mouth. And I wanted to express, and I wanted this thing. So I was like flipping between the two, right? So I'm in grade, uh, grade school. No, it was, it was junior high. And um, they had this posture contest. Now, there was only girls in it wearing bathing suits, but I'm sure that's another conversation. <laughs> so I was really skinny. And my mother, we were on welfare, so my mother said, what is happening with this top? Okay. My mother said, okay, we're going to get you a swimming suit. So she takes me to this department store, and this beautiful sales lady helps, and we find this yellow swimming suit. And it's really great, and it fits really great, except I'm flat-chested. And so the lady says, don't worry, I've got these inserts. And I was appalled. I'm like, falsies? No. And she says, no, 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 you're going to see. They're really small. You're going to look really natural. And I went, oh, okay. So she puts them in. I did. I looked really good, y'all. And so, so there the contest comes. And, and you have to stand up in a line, and then you have to turn this way, and then you have to turn this way, and then you have to turn this way. And then the teacher goes behind each one and puts her hand over the head of each one, and then the student body claps for the one they like the best, right? Yeah, I know. Hello. Sounds like Miss America, you know, before it became Miss America. Anyway, so she's doing this, 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 and she gets to me, and everybody stands up and they cheered. Okay, this was the first time I felt beautiful. I thought, wow. This is really good. So I lived in Minneapolis. There's a lot of lakes there, right? And so on the weekends, my cousins and I would go to this lake called Calhoun. So now I'm in my yellow swimming suit, y'all. I get out of the car and I stroll slowly so that everyone can see me. (laughs) And I lay down my blanket and I lay on it. You know, I'm not going to get in the water right away so that everybody sees how fabulous I am, right? And then I stroll to the water. Now, I can swim because in, in my school, there was a swimming pool, and swimming was mandatory. So I get to the edge of the water, and I get in there. Y'all, I, I do my most fabulous side stroke. I do my most amazing backstroke. I'm just looking so great. And then I decide I'm going to dive under and come right up. Well, when I dive under, the inserts pop out mortified. And you know, when you're in the water and you're trying to catch something, it moves, right? So here I am trying to catch, trying to, and it's moving all over. And my cousins are cracking up and I finally get them and I, I'm mortified as I come out of the water. When I get to the edge of the water, something happens that today I know was a spiritual voice. Something inside of me says, it doesn't matter. You're a winner. So, two weeks later, I am in the swimming pool for swimming class. Now, 
Those of you in this audience who are African-American will know what I'm talking about. When we get in our hair, in our water, our hair does this. Y'all get in and it goes like this. But here's the thing. When I was in school, if your hair did this, you were the point of ridicule and jokes and making fun of you. So every black girl I knew was like, do not get your hair wet. So we would put these things on, and then we'd put two swimming caps on to make sure that we weren't going to get wet. So it's the end of the class, and the teacher says, okay, Cindy, go down to the, go down to the um, end and dive in and then swim down to the shallow end. Fine, I know how to do that. So I get up there, and I dive in, and something happens to the swimming cap, and it pops off. The black girls in the pool are like, uh-oh. So... I get out of the pool and I walk to the teacher and I say very quietly, listen, I live 10 minutes from here. I need to go home and fix my hair. She goes, absolutely not. I go, no, you don't understand. If I don't go home and fix my hair, they're not just going to make fun of me today. It's going to be ongoing and it's going to be painful. She looked me dead in the eye, turned her back and said, this Conversation is over. Go to class. Choice point, y'all. I could go to class and have them make fun of me or go home and take care of myself. I chose to go home and take care of myself. Now, my mama was a single mom, highly emotional. So the thought of telling her that I left school (laughs) when they told me not to leave school was scary. But as I'm telling her this story, instead of her getting emotional, she says, why did you make that choice? So I tell her, right? She goes, okay, we have to go back to the principal's office tomorrow because they won't let you back in school without me. I go, okay. So we go in. Now, this is what I need to tell you. My mother was, was, you know, one of the most inward, shy, emotional people. So as this principal is there going on and on about how I'm disobedient and I should be a, she should be ashamed of me and my behavior was unacceptable and blah, 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 my mother is doing nothing. And I'm like looking at her. And he's looking at her. She very calmly says, are you complete? And the guy goes, Yes. She says, do you have any idea how hard it is to be a colored girl of this age in this school? And he looked at her, (laughs) and I looked at her. She said, she is not a disobedient child. She's an A student. She's in a lot of activities. But she chose to take care of herself so that she would not be ridiculed and the object of attention that was painful. So whatever you want to pass out, it's okay, we'll take it. She did what she had to do. So he rambled on a little bit more, handed a pink slip and said, you're going to be uh, on probation um, for two weeks after school. you got to do all detention stuff. So he hands me the pink slip, and I walk with my mother down the hall, and she's walking me back to class, but we're not saying anything. And I'm thinking, I don't know if this is over. We get to the door. She looks at me, and she says, I do not like disobedient children. But what you did was to take care of yourself, and I am very proud of you. And she kissed me on the cheek, 
and we never spoke about it again. That was such a representation of what God does. When you take care of you, God takes care of you. When you don't take care of you, God takes care of you and goes, I'll wait. I got time. Interesting choice you're going to make there. Love you anyway. But the thing about it is, is that those two moments taught me that no matter what it looks like, whatever challenge is going on, you know, it's a moment of choice. It's, it's, it's a portal of transformation. I want you to think about your life. Every moment before something fantastic happened, there was some kind of transitional thing happening. For those of you who have birthed children, you know what it means, that transition means before the baby comes, right? But when that baby comes onto the planet, joy, <laughs> beauty, light, Whatever you're going through now, and a lot of us are going through a lot of things, you know. I mean, pandemic sat humanity, humanity down. Whatever we're going through, the question is, what do I want? How do I want to live? How do I want to grow? How do I want to expand? Because this is just a moment filled with energy and information. It does not define me. The past does not define us. I did a TED Talk on that. Like, no matter how crazy my childhood and what the ancestry was, I get to choose how I want to live, how I want to stand, who I want to be on this planet, and the same is true for you. Second thing I want to tell you, judge not by appearances. You know, it's so interesting that... We really don't love change. We say, you know, I want to change, God. I want more. But let me stay comfortable. You don't really want me to go through that door. But the thing is, is like, it's like we are all one, really. I, I take people on pilgrimages all around the world. And last October... I took a group to Egypt, and we got there a day early, and we were in a beautiful hotel, and so my husband and I were at the pool, and um, we were having lunch and resting, and um, this, this Muslim woman comes in with her husband, and I knew she was Muslim because she, had, she was covered black all around and over her body. It was her swimming suit, right? And so and she was a little bit afraid of the water. So she gets in the water and her husband is so loving and he's like supporting her. And I'm looking at her and, and, and this is what happened in my mind. First, my first thought was, isn't she beautiful? My second thought was, I wonder if she's hot. Then my third was like, I wonder how these women feel about wearing all this stuff over. I, mean, I went down this rabbit hole. Nobody in there but me and the rabbit. But I was down there. So, so, you know, we finish, and the next day we get up for breakfast, and we go into the, uh, into the room. And I'm sitting at my table, and in she walks with her husband, looking exquisite. I do not know what made me do this, y'all. But I got out of my seat, and I walked over to him, and I said, do you all speak English? He said, yes, we do. I turn to her, and I say, you 
are exquisite. And this is what she said. I have loved you from the moment I saw you. I went, and her husband went, she said, you walk with this confidence. And I watched you work out in the pool to the music. So much freedom, you know, so, so not caring what anybody thought, just enjoying your life. I want that. And I went, wow, thank you. And then without a blink, she throws her arms around me and gives me this hug. You all, it was a moment of oneness that I will never forget. That woman and I saw each other, held each other. It was, there was no separation. Didn't matter what color, what culture, what religion, none of that mattered. In that moment, we were connected. And so as we separate, I mean, her husband, I think, was probably had not seen her act like that. And my, my group was staring at me like, what is that? And we just kind of did a simple little bow to one another. I'll never see that woman again, probably. But she gifted me with so much love in that moment. When you're not looking at people's appearances, when you're not looking at what their culture is, what their color is, what their belief systems are, there, there is a oneness there, a wholeness, a, a, a perfection that we are all a part of. And yeah, everybody you don't want to hug because they're interesting. But that doesn't mean you can't love them. You can't send light. My husband and I were getting coffee this morning, and there was a man, clear, clearly with mental illness, who had newspapers, and his newspapers were his stage. So he was putting the newspapers down, and he was dancing around with the newspapers. And I thought, you know, except for grace, go I. And, and I just wanted to send that man love. Who knows what his story is? Who knows what he's going to through? Who knows what his life was before this thing happened? But just imagine if we were spending our time, our energy, and our lives sending the vibration and the frequency of love to people beyond our opinions, beyond our, beyond our judgments. What if we were doing that? Instead of putting our attention on what we don't want, how about we put our attention on what we do want? More love, more peace, more grace, more light. I am aware that there's a political divide. I am aware that there are racial divides. I'm aware that there's divides. But if, the, if we, the light workers, do not stand as the light, how will there be change? How will there be transformation? We got a whole lot going on trying to, trying to ignore or push away different facets of our, of our community and our humanity. Really? We're all here together. Everybody wants love. Everybody wants to be held. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be known. Everybody wants to be understood. If we are in judgment and pushing segments away, we are adding to the divide. The last thing I want to tell you, though, is that you have an inner guidance system. Trust that inner guidance. Trust it.
my family, the women in my family are all prophetic dreamers. And, you know, we kind of kept it quiet because if you told people what you dreamed and it was coming to, they kind of called you a witch. But, I, <laughs> but, but, but it was the first my understanding that of my intuition that lived within me. And what I want you to know is, is that that inner guidance system, you know, is more powerful and more accurate than your GPS. It, you know, how many of you have had something in you say, don't go there, and you ignored it and went anyway, and it was interesting? <laughs> Some of you married people in that instance. <laughs> but here's the thing. You can trust it. So I, for several years before the pandemic, I did this thing called the Academy of Women Emerging, and it was all women entrepreneurs, and we supported them in building their businesses. And a woman named Janine came into my business, in, into awe, and she, she was a trans, uh, transaction um, coordinator, which is really people who help with um, um, real estate and the administrative part of it. And she was doing okay in her business, but she wanted to grow it. And so she starts growing. <laughs> and she wouldn't get up in front of the room. She would cry. I mean, it was just so fascinating. But one time when I was working with her, you know, I said, well, tell me something that was with you as a child that ignited you. She said, oh, I'd like to write. I said, oh, write something for me. She goes, oh, no, really. I go, yeah, really. So she writes this poem, and I'm like, uh-oh, you're a poet. So right around that time, George Floyd gets killed, right? And she writes this poem about breathing room that was outstanding. She even made a video of it. Her name is Janine Valentine. If you go on YouTube, you'll find this video called Breathing Room. But this is what I want to tell you. She's always been an adventurer, and so she goes to the Maldives, and she's diving with a group of people, and just before they are to come back to get on the plane, she tests positive for COVID. She's in a Muslim country. She's a woman. She doesn't have a lot of money, and she can't get on a plane, so she has to stay in a hotel just isolated. So she had to ration her money, but the only thing that she could do was she could walk out the door and go to the beach and sit on this, this wood and write. And what started coming through was these reflective moments that were so incredible about who she was and who she came here to be and, and how powerful she was and how God worked through her. The incredible thing about that is when she came home, she had written so much that it had become a book. And it's called Both Things Are True. What I want to tell you, though, is what it, she learned there was that she was always guided. That through that entire journey, even up to the moment where she's trying to get on the plane to go home, angels kept guiding her and taking her in different paths and, and in bringing different people in front of her. Her intuitive knowing, she started looking at it, and all the way back through her life, she could see how she had been guided and supported. This is what I want you to know, 
You are not alone. You have never been alone. You will never be alone. God walks with you, talks with you, guides you. The question is, are you listening? And are you willing to trust it beyond your mind trying to talk you out of your divinity? So I want you to just close your eyes in this moment. And I want you to just breathe. I want you to feel the seat that you're sitting. I want you to be aware that it, that seat is supporting you without any effort on your part. What if you knew that the divine was doing the exact same thing? So I want you to breathe. As we move into prayer, what I want you to do is just breathe and let come to your mind something in your moment that may be challenging you. Because it's a portal. It's a portal of healing and transformation. So breathe it in. What I want you to do in this moment is to very gently, very lovingly, be aware of that challenge or that thing that you want to shift. And very lovingly become aware that you are in a field of infinite possibility, love and light, joy and grace. This is the field of the absolute, one power, one life, one mind, one heart. And you swim in that sea because you are an emanation of that energy, of that field, of that grace, of that peace. So you stand in that awareness with such power and such light. And you very gently give thanks for your life that you awoke this morning, that you breathe, that you could come to this amazing spiritual community, that no matter what is going on in your mental, physical, spiritual life, God is there. And so you very gently in this moment choose to take that challenge that has come forth and you place it on the altar of light, recognizing that it can transform in any moment because there is goodness for you there. And call in what you choose. I choose love. I choose peace. I choose grace. I choose light. I choose harmony. I choose abundance. I choose freedom. I choose to bring my voice forward. And as we do that, there is an energy and a frequency that is happening in this room that is vibrating out into Santa Rosa and across this country and across the waters, lifting up humanity. Reminding humanity that we are here. Every man, woman, and child on this planet, we are sending love. The ecosystems, the animal kingdom, the plant world, the water world, we're sending love and light. Anybody in this community who is suffering, we're sending light and we're sending love. We're giving thanks for this community and the uplifting of its vibration and the ways in which it serves on this planet. We give thanks. We trust this process. We trust the divine. And so in this moment, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it's from this place 
I can release the word into the law. It is from this place I can absolutely celebrate that something magical, magnetic is happening right here, right now, right where we are. And so I give thanks and I trust it and I allow it to be. And I say, and so it is. Amen. Amen.